podcast of the new year. This is War Council. We are a uh, hobby podcast. Uh, <laughs> we are a hobby-centered podcast for miniature enthusiasts. Uh, it's been about five weeks since we've been on the air. Uh, we took a break for the holidays, but we're back. We're back! We're back. And we're ready to get started. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Carlos with us uh, this time. Uh, Carlos got a new promotion at work, and he's going to be... Uh, he, he changed his shift, changed his hour. So it's just back to me and Philip again. And I have to say, even though he was only on the computer, it, it feels surprisingly quiet in here. It does. Like it's it feels sad. a little. It's, I'm a little saddened by this. Um, <laughs> and I actually, I'm looking over at where the computer used to be that he would be on, but he's obviously not on. So, Carlos, we miss you. We wish you well, and uh, we want to know you know that it's okay that you had to have life uh, interrupt uh, all your plans. We'll forgive you. We will. <laughs> uh, one of the things we are going to try to do this year is we're going to try to change some things up a little bit. We're going to mix some stuff up. Uh, we are going to have um, some floating guest um, speakers on the podcast this year. One of our goals in, in 2016 is going to be to incorporate as many guest speakers as we can. Uh, we're not going to do it tonight uh, because we wanted to sort of get back in the swing of things and not embarrass ourselves with a guest speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but starting on the next podcast, we will have some guest speakers. So be sure to tune in. Uh, you can check out all the progress at uh, Facebook's, Facebook slash uh, War Council, or you can check us out on the, the White Metal page, whitemetalgames.com slash podcasts. Um, and check out all the news and, and reports. Um, so, Philip, what did you what did you do over the holidays, real quick? I mean, it's been about five weeks since we broadcast. Yeah, um, I took it easy for the most part. Uh, there was a few commissions, so we did finish up. I think uh, Horse Heresy, and uh, that's up yeah. on the website now. It is. It's been um, up for sale for about a month now, and I'm surprised yeah. it has not sold. I was I was hoping it would sooner, but yeah. I mean my budget was hoping it would yeah, sooner. It's probably well <laughs> Christmas everyone's budget was was under stress. But um Yeah. I mean, I mean effectively we took the basic set and we painted up the entire set as one army. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a smart move. And we did it as a Sons of Horus army, which I also thought was a smart move because it's a popular color scheme. Definitely. But it was fun. Um, and it's 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 a good looking army. Mm-hmm. Um like I think it's a great intro into thirty K. Um, I don't know. Do you think this is a sign that 30k was sort of is sort of a short lived thing? Like maybe it was you know flash in the pan, so to speak. Yeah, I know they didn't sell as many copies. At least the, my friend at the GW store yeah, was, was thinking they'd sell a lot edge. more. Yeah. And I think a lot of the GW stores were hurting this Christmas. So I don't know. Maybe it was just it was that time of year. People were financially looking at other things more important. December is always rough for me. I, you know, like podcast, not podcasting. Commissions always slow down in, in, in mm-hmm. November, specifically because I have an eBay store. Over the holidays, people are, I think, saving money for their loved ones and family and travel. And um, But, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think maybe, you know, GW didn't have the best best Christmas. I don't think they were. Yeah, I looked at the report on Bell. They're not yeah. hurting, hurting. It's like they didn't make as much money as they did the year before. Um, all right, so that was what you did for, for Christmas. Did you stay in town for New Year's, or do you go to, or were you still out of town? No, actually, I did come back for New Year's. Uh, I had a quiet New Year's just with my brother and his girlfriend. Actually, fiance. They got, Are they engaged. got engaged? Yeah, they're nice. exciting. So. How long have they been dating before that? Uh, I think a year and a half. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're excited. So uh, it was a quiet New Year's, though, and then uh, back to work. Very so cool. back to my... Have they set a date yet? They have, I think, on July 30th. They have a photographer yet? 
Uh, don't think they do. I, I have a which, side. I have a side gig. Yeah. So uh, pass, pass my. I think I did I'll, mention that to them I'll, already. I'll give them, I'll give them a good deal. I'll give them a I podcast will. deal. <laughs> yeah, I'll give them an exclusive, exclusive podcast. War Council podcast there deal. Um, all right. Well, we actually had a, a pretty quiet holiday ourselves. We we decided to to stay uh, in for Christmas. We didn't want the. I hate driving for Christmas. I hate going everywhere and trying to see everybody. So we said, fuck it, and stayed home for the holiday, had a nice, quiet morning opening gifts, and, and I think uh, my wife got me all of this new stuff to help upgrade my, my, my paint desk. Nice. So I got, like, a couple carts and stuff, which is not very exciting if you're not a geek, but for me, it was great. It allowed me to organize in a new way, and I got a new, nice, like, daylight-balanced lamp that's really bright. And, and so I feel like my work got easier after that, and it's, it's surprising how much... I was running back and forth to the garage to get stuff, and now that I have a couple tray tables, I can really kind of put all my shit out there. Mm. I have my drill, I have paints, I have a billion brushes. I actually have more than I need. Um, <laughs> but it's nice. It allows me to, like... I actually ran in there the other day to get something and forgot that it was on my cart. So it was kind of <laughs> a complete waste of time. Um, and then we, we visited with her uncle for, um, for New Year's, um, and then we came back. Um, we had to make one more trip out of town briefly. I had a new nephew born over the holiday. So I had yeah, to go visit with him. I heard about that. Oh, from my wife. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what? Well, you mentioned that you were expecting. I forget that we talk outside of the but podcast. They were yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, she had a C-section, and it was interesting. I, I, I haven't, her, her sister is usually pretty stoic, but the day after the birth, it's like they had been holding their breath for five, like for nine months. Mm-hmm. And she just was blubber. She was just all tears and crying, <laughs> and it was like, um, you know, uh, or, emotional. It was very emotional. emotional. So it was actually <laughs> kind of sweet. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, did you do any painting over the holiday? I'll, I'll dare I ask. Yeah, actually, I did. Um, so I guess we're going to get into this in a bit here in the painting desk when we get sure. to that topic. But um, I was given a, a nice commission that I started uh, right after the right after Christmas. So. Yeah, I want to talk about that, um, and we can talk about that for for sure more on the painting desk. But why don't you give us kind of a general overview? Because sure. this is such a big, this is a huge commission. This is not not to be scoffed at. This is a this is a major job. It's a big job, and it's only one model. Now, granted, it is the largest model I feel that Games Workshop has done recently. Archeon or Archon, um, you know, Archeon. I think. I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. Um, I always say Archeon, but I think yeah, it's wrong. I always say Archeon. I don't know. I'm probably wrong too. Everyone's wrong with it. But anyways. <laughs> um, it's a huge model. It's yeah. bigger than Imperial Knight. It's, it's bigger than the Gosh, I want to say. Yeah, it was definitely bigger than the Gash. Yeah. Not just in height, but in girth, too. It's just a giant model. And it's got and a big got, wingspan. And it's yep. got the tail extends it to sort of flying height. Yep. So it's, it's just massive. It's huge. So luckily, I've managed to work it so that I have it in like five different parts. So right. I've got the main body. The wings are separate. Yeah. Um, and then... Archeon, his saddle, and then the head of... I think it's Do the sub-assemblies work well enough that it'll be easy to attach? Because I know when I break models down in the sub-assembly, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a headache. Everything looks like it's going to go flush. The only concern I have is the hair on the back, yeah. where it's that's connected to the wing portion, okay. and then it kind of overlays with the back... Uh, lower back area. Now you're doing a little. Bit, you're doing something a little different for this model. So why don't you go mm-hmm. into like a little bit of the sort of the overview, and we can kind of talk more about it in, in on the painting desk. But sure, you know, this is kind of it's a, it's a different RK on. Yeah. So um, this was one of the rare opportunities where the uh, commission E client client <laughs> don't make a comment. Yeah, I don't really. know. I couldn't think of the word. Commission the client uh, actually gave me free reign, so I was allowed to do whatever I wanted with it. 
Um, it's a platinum level, so it would be a level five um, based on the White Metal Games website. So it is the highest that we offer. Now, just um, to be clear, like again, this is a platinum figure. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the this is like this is the you know this is sort of saying like it's the best you can do. Like I, you probably yeah, but for the most part, mm-hmm. like other than like taking like a year, you know, and painting every <laughs> follicle of hair or some shit. Like it's like in a, in a practical commission sense, this is the top of the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's this is huge. Yeah. You know? So a lot of detail going into not just the character or not just the model itself, but as well as the base. So right. the idea I had around it was to do a sort of winter themed. I wanted to give it that cold north chaos feel. Yeah. Um, more of like I guess along the lines of the fantasy idea where they're all from the north and it's frigid and it's. Well, you know, kind of he kind of looks like a Viking. So yeah, it kind of works. I think so. And so instead of doing like the fire and the cracks and stuff, I actually went with a more like an ice glow. So mm-hmm. it's got a bluish glow, fi- blue cold fire essentially. Um, and the base itself is designed. It's bigger. It's already a huge base, but I lifted it up a probably about three inches. I've used um, using the foam. Using the foam and then adding, I guess, I think it's the stair. You knew it was called the stair. Eternity stair. Eternity stair yeah. from the Age of Sigmar terrain set. So between all those things, it's a big base. Um, it's going to be rocky, snowy, all that. So that's it's the goal. Really cool. Now, mm-hmm. the only thing I would ask is, like, because our cannon's already tall, and this is effectively a very tall base. Yeah. How tall is this guy going to be at the end? And I'm guessing this is not intended for play. This is intended for basically... Mostly display and probably mm-hmm. occasional play in game. Yeah, the the client doesn't play really much mm-hmm. at all, so I think his goal is to display it. Yeah, and that's sort of how I. I mean, this guy's going to have to stand it. probably a foot tall by the time it's all said. I think it's already a foot tall, really standard. So insane. it's it's at least a little over foot. Are you concerned at all about weight, like um, him tipping? Are you going to add any weights to the stairs? He's actually surprisingly light. Really, the model itself, yeah. So and the way I designed the base too is there's pillars on the eternity stairs, so mm-hmm. I'm using those as sort of like his hands going over it. Oh, so okay. it's kind of holding him up. So between nice. the different areas like that, he's not... Because I never really like the way he's designed in terms of... He just has a little small area that he's attached to at the base. Yeah. And then he has like a little like ruins that help support that. I think but, they usually... You know, the first time I saw the Hive Tyrant um, under the new rules, I, I was really sort of like, that's never going to stand. But they're mm-hmm. very well designed. Mm-hmm. Like from, a, I guess, an engineering standpoint. Like the weight ratio is just kind of great. Yeah. Um, the Mortarks, too, you think about those. Like, those are literally just balancing the tail. Those are the undead Mortarks, the three of them. Oh, yeah. Like, the dragon. That's like, true. Yeah. I've never assembled one of those, so I haven't You'd be surprised it. at how well they actually That's really, really cool. well designed. So Nice. Um, all right, well, we're going to look forward to more from that, and I think you're going to, hopefully, you'll be posting up some pictures on your personal Facebook page. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, um, for me, it was a pretty busy uh, painting queue over the holiday. I had to, I, I wanted to finish up as much 2015 work as I did. So, as we said, we finished up the Horrors Heresy. I also finished up a Space Hulk set, which was a combination of Nids and Blood Ravens for a client. Um, finished up the Blood Ravens army. This was I, I did I had to do the points to sort of see how big this army was, and I actually thought it was bigger. It's over 200 figures, but it's only about 7,500 points, which, to be fair, is massive. That's a huge yeah. army. That's like three or four armies, depending on who you <laughs> ask. Um, also finished up um, a, a small commission of the Helios Guard, 
And that was actually important because it was our first major paint strip commissioning since relaunching the site. So every figure was stripped down, and I think we were able to sort of show what can be done with stripping models down in kind of a realistic way. Um, and we're going to get more into that um, when we have a podcast about that in a few weeks. We're going to kind of tackle secondhand models. But um, in addition to that, the redesign continues on the white metal page. We finished up magnetization. That is now back under assembly. Uh, the restoration refurbishment pages are live. Um, and we also uh, are in the process of adding a consignment page. Uh, this is a service that we have always offered, but we've kind of redefined it a little bit. We've made it a little more user-friendly. Um, we're also adding a trade-in buyout program where instead of consigning stuff, so for those of you you know that are, are maybe confused, consigning is a little like a pawn shop in that you bring something to me or send something to me and I sell it on your behalf through my eBay store. So I, I get the benefit of making money off of your product. You get the benefit of using my expertise, my listings, my store, which probably gets more traffic than your, mm. you. Um, so it's kind of a win for everybody. Um, but I've never had a trade-in buyout program before. And basically what that will be is you can send in stuff and if you don't want to deal with the, the hassle of consignment, because even with consignment, you may be waiting six months, a year before something sells. Like some models are very hard to sell. Um, I had a guy bring in a, um, oh Lord, a Steel Legion army or something. or um, It was one of the Imperial Guard armies that was kind of hard to sell. It was like a Russian looking army. What do they call those guys? Valhallans or something like yeah, that? Yeah. But anyway, he, he painted them green. So on top of being a rare army, they were also an off-color scheme. So it was like, man, this is just like... And they were beautiful. They were really well painted. But that was a nightmare to sell. It, super, <laughs> it took forever to find the right buyer, someone who was like a loyalist that really wanted it. And who knows? He may have stripped it down for all I know. Uh, anyway, so the holiday was busy, and I tried to close out all my commissions from last year. So that we could start the new uh, start the new year off 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 right. Um, so why don't we do this? We'll take a, a quick second, and then we'll jump right back in the, on the painting desk. Right back after this. Need a model assembled or painted, but no money to spare? White Metal Games is now offering trade-ins. Send us pictures of your old models, bits, boxes, even new kits. Make us an offer we can't refuse. Don't like negotiating and haggling? White Metal Games also offers consignment services. You can send us your old models, books games to sell we sell them through our ebay store and you pocket 55 percent of the sales price you don't have to worry about ebay fees paypal fees shipping fees there's no crazy percentages just easy money contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com today all right guys welcome back we're going to jump into on the painting desk uh, we are going to have a slightly new layout this year and i kind of hinted this in the um, in the intro we're going to do away with a couple of the old segments that we felt like were kind of, um, I don't know, not going to say superfluous, but like maybe they, they kind of were excessive. We didn't really need yeah. them. We found that we were, we were spending more time on them than needed, or we were worse, we were rushing through them, which, which didn't feel good either. Um, one thing that's not going to change, I was on the painting desk, where we're going to talk about in this part of the show, we talk about what, we're, what we've been working on. Um, for me, personally, uh, we have another brother, Brotherhood of Ultramar commission that just came back in. These were the guys that uh, you worked on last, mm -hmm. and they're an ultramarine sub-chapter, and they're all in black and gold. Um, so I've got about 20 Devastators for that and some orcs that he wanted to add to the army. Um, and then in a rare turn of events, um, I don't know what happened. Like, December was dead, and then everybody and their mom booked in January. <laughs> so I had um, I have I have a sample listing on eBay where I, I advertise themed armies, and... 
I had two guys back to back book um, Mad Max orc themed armies. So oh. the first one is awesome. um, they're they're I mean it's a lot of fun. And to be fair, I'm not the first guy that's ever done this. Of course, mm. GMM Studios, Gray Matter Musings, he did a really good version of a, a Mad Max army about I don't know a year or two ago. And they looked great, and he called them Mad Morks, and they were really nice, and they did a, he did a really good job. Um, what makes these armies slightly different is the first, well, first off, our painting styles are from the night and day. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, the first army um, was is a little bit cheaper, it's a little under two grand, and it's 2,000 points, and it's, it's in the theme of Mad Max, but it's not really borrowing much from Mad Max, like... It's a lot of war bikes, which bikes were not a prominent part of Mad Max culture. They're kind of sus. More buggies, right? More buggies, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, because of the themed listing, like, well, the goal is to sort of capture the spirit of it. So we're going to do three or two or three battle wagons. I forget how many. But one of them is the war rig, which is the big tractor trailer looking thing. And one of them is um, we're going to do from the Mad Max Fury Road movie that just came out. One guy's driving around in a monster truck, and nice. it's called Bigfoot. And we're going to do that. <laughs> And um, then we're going to supplement that with uh, the Doof Wagon, which was the big fucking thing from Fury Road where the guy with the guitar that shoots fire was driving. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically, and I didn't realize yes. how complicated this thing was until I, I started trying to build it. Because it, from the movie, you only see pieces of it in shots. Mm-hmm. So there's these four giant drummers on the back drumming into basically an air handling system that pumps the drums out through the speakers where the guy is suspended. And when you do a themed army, you have to sort of think about, well, you also have to think about this in terms of imbalance for the game. Mm-hmm. So in the orc subculture, there's Burnaboys, which are basically flamethrowing orcs. So we're going to do the doof wagon to kind of look the way it did in the movie, but it'll, it'll transport uh, Burnaboys instead. So in theory, nice. there'll be these 12 Burner Boys on the back of that thing, like, firing out fire. <laughs> um, and then the, so it's going to be a fun army. Um, and it's got, I think, a couple trucks to go with it, which we're not modeling after any specific Mad Max vehicle. So it's 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 themed, and uh, yeah. one of the things that he was specific on was that he wanted the skin to be gray with white uh, sort of dusting over top of it to look like in the Fury Road movie, the way that the guys, um, all the guys, they call them War Boys, is what they're called actually. Um, they all dust their bodies with this white powder, and we talked about doing like a chrome paint on their mouth. Um, so it's going to feel like a Fury Road movie. It's just not going to copy every vehicle specifically. Um, but I, I did the one thing he wanted was he wanted the war boss to be on this massive bike. And I've building, been building that over the last week. And I haven't shown it to you yet, but I've been mm-hmm. posting pictures on Twitter. It's huge. It's yeah. like, it's probably three times the size of a war bike. Nice. It's, it's nice. just insanely <laughs> big. Um, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it. But it probably took 10 hours to build it because it's just. You put a couple pieces on there. It doesn't quite work. You take them off. Mm-hmm. At one time, there was a truck engine on there, and it was yeah. just too big. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I've, I've gone too far. And I had to sort of pull it back. Um, so those are kind of a big thing. And then on top of that, we've got these gold-level RPG figures that just came in. So there's four dragons in this set, and then there's about six or seven RPG figures um, from Reaper from a previous client. He, we did an Ebonrath figure a couple months ago, and he loved it. And so now he's got me doing a bronze dragon, a red dragon, a white dragon, and a green dragon. And they're all on plinth-style bases, so they're all just really... They're, just, they're show pieces. They're all really nice. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. So those are going to look great, and I've been staining those, the bases up, and they're, they're, they're coming through airbrushing now. Um, 
so that's that's kind of what I've been working on for painting stuff. Um, and then you've got Archaeon. Although we covered a lot of that in intro, do you want to talk any more about any of the different stuff? I know on the pictures I saw, you've you've basically been doing a ton of airbrushing, which looks great. Mm-hmm. Have you started on any brushwork yet, or is it all airbrushing at this point? No, no. Actually, so the head of uh, Dorgoth, I think it's, I always call him Dorgoth, I don't know. Exactly. So the three Do all headed, three heads have names, or is that the No, I think thing? the whole thing is Dorgoth, Dorgoth or oh, Dorgoth. Okay. Um, so that was almost all brushwork. Really? Yeah. So I didn't really, It's there's a lot of details in each head, and I wanted each one to look really good and well blended, so I did a lot of almost like cross-hatching painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like thin lines and stuff in that. Um, with the main you do body that for texture, because I think cross hatching is one of those things that not a lot of people will understand. Yeah, so cross hatching is more of it's actually like a drawing skill. It's the idea of using lines to show depth. So a lot of times you draw uh, a line going one direction and then a, a group of lines going, I guess, not perpendicular, but um, opposite parallel. direction. Par- okay. No, I guess it would be perpendicular. So you have parallel lines going one direction and then perpendicular lines going the other. And Are so they that crossing would develop, the lines, yeah. like X's? Okay. Yeah, so you, that's sort of a cross-hatching idea. Um, and so using that, you can build depth with a model or dark, when it's a drawing. Um, with the model, it's more, I think it just gives texture to it. Yeah. And it provides you with some more... So would you do that on, like, say... I feel like I've seen that on skin, and I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen that on cloaks and clothing sometimes. Yeah. So I, I like to use it a lot on, on skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, leather, it looks great on. Yeah. Um, anything where you'd have... So it draws the eye away. Organic kind of yeah. look. It kind of gives you more of a natural look, I think. Especially on flat areas, I would mm-hmm. guess, where there's yeah. not a lot of texture. You're kind of creating artificial texture. Um, yeah, pretty much. And I'm guessing, off the top of my head, even though I haven't seen it, that you probably use a lighter color, so it probably draws their eye up to it. You, yeah, so like the neck, for instance, on each one, the closer I get towards the center of the neck it gets a little brighter right and then darker towards the recesses and, and things like that so very cool yeah. I, I think maybe when we take some take some pictures next batch i can do a couple up up closes mm-hmm. i'd love to see where that's going sure um all right well we're going to take another quick break uh and then when we come back we're going to jump into uh, our new rotating segment uh which our rotating segments are going to be uh, we're going to try to change things up every once in a while. We'll do a different one. So we're going to start back with our first new rotating segment of the year, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, guys. It's Caleb with War Council. Are you a purveyor of stuff? Are you an entrepreneur with something to preneur? Do you sell things related to tabletop gaming, painting, or some other aspect of the miniatures hobby? Would you like to advertise to, like, at least three listeners a show? Then you've come to the right place. War Council has a limited number of sponsorship slots available. Each slot guarantees you a banner ad on the White Metal Games website, and we're at like 300 likes on Facebook right now, so clearly at least 300 people can be bothered to click the like button at some point in time in their lives. For $20 a month, we'll promote you and your products on the show. For $10 more, you can have an entire 30-second commercial, like this one, only, you know, better and more relevant and stuff. Email us at info.ymanogames.com for more information, and until you do, put your manis where your mouth is. Alright guys, we are back. Um, so we're going to jump into uh, our new new segment for the year. Uh, as we said at the start of the podcast, we're going to try some different things up. If you have an idea for a segment, please email us. You can email us at warcouncil at whitemetalgames.com, and we'd love to hear your ideas. Um, right now we're going to jump into fake viewer comments. 
Thank you for your comments are not real in any way. Uh, because we don't have any viewer comments, we thought we would make some up. <laughs> so these are comments that are not necessarily real. And they're not necessarily reflections of our viewers' thoughts or feelings. But if they were to say something like this, this may be how we respond. So, fake viewer, your mom is a whore, writes, you guys are the worst. I hate the way you sound. Damn. Yeah, your mom is a whore does not like us. Your mom is a whore thinks we're just awful people. So they don't even like the way we sound. Like no. They're not even talking about the content of no. what we're talking about. No. Just our voices. Not even, just, yeah, no productive criticism whatsoever. It's... And you know, I don't. I, I think that that's fair. I don't love my voice personally. I guess I do sound a little nasally. Yeah, I think I sound lispy sometimes. Mm. So I mean, I I don't always listen to the podcast, but I have to say that maybe in this case, your mom's a horse, right? Well, we can work on that. Yeah, I will. So I think that there's only so much <laughs> you can mold clay. Yeah, like, I think if I am clay in this metaphor, like I think I can only go so far. Maybe we throw like a sound mixer in there. Oh. Like auto tune, it's a nice idea. Yeah, how's that yeah. sound? <laughs> I hate the way this. Just I can't. I the can't entire really show do. like that. That would be great. That would be annoying <laughs> as hell. <laughs> we would lose any listeners that we may have already. All, both, both of them. Gone off. Carlos and the one other guy. Yeah, because <laughs> you know I, I'd like to think that even though Carlos isn't with us, he's with us in spirit. Yes. So um, this has been fake viewer comments. Um, again, if you have any ideas for new segments, we'd love to try some stuff out. Give us, a, give us a ring, so to speak, at warcouncil at ymetalgames.com. All right, we're going to jump right into Tips on Technique, and this is the part of the show we are keeping. And the goal with Tips on Technique is to uh, tackle something, uh, whether it be a hobby-related thing normally. Uh, but because it's the new year, we're going to talk about hobby goals for the year. Um, so unlike our typical podcast where we talk about a way to paint or a way to build or a way to do something... Um, this year we're going to talk about sort of setting hobby goals for the year and, and kind of how do you stick to them. Um, first off, do you, Philip, do you have, uh, do you do the New Year's thing? Do you do the... I am not a believer in New Year's resolutions. Okay. I think they're silly. Okay. That's Is that from personal experience? Like you failed at all of them and so now no, you're just like we, disillusioned? Or? So my family never really, my family's never been a big New Year's family. We don't really care about it. So it's whatever, but as in you don't, stay we don't really celebrate. Watch it. We'll watch it, but we won't make a big deal out of it. We don't like we don't do the New Year's resolutions. We've never okay. done any sort of thing like that. So it's just like it just seems silly to me that you have one day of the year where you decide things are going to change for you, and then they only last a couple weeks or so. Like wait, like loss. why not just start that when you see there's a problem? Like sure. change the change. See, that but, sounds like a really mature adult way to handle it. That sounds smart. I definitely don't think everyone does it that way. Oh, no. Um, in fact, Oprah has been launching all these ads on TV about weight loss, um, which I think is, you know, a little crazy because yeah. <laughs> her weight is just... She's not, like, she's not... But, a... I mean, don't get me wrong. My mom loves Oprah. She swears by Oprah. But mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to be counseled by you on weight loss. I want to be counseled by a skinny person. Yeah. Um, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe. maybe. Although, based on, uh, what is that, Family Feud, apparently six... Which is a women's size that is larger than is pretty large apparently. I guess I don't honestly know what size clothes my wife wears, and, like, and if I say it on air, she would hear it and kill me. So yeah, I, well, I, I don't want to say six is like large, but like we were thinking like zero or two, which is apparently that's like teeny tiny. It's though, right? it's like more like size. it's it's a model. It's, it's not model size because that's almost anorexic, but like 
not, not zero even, sounds small zero to is, me. Zero is being small. that it is not even a number. It is actually <laughs> the lack of a number. That's well, that's marketing for you. But okay. um, six is like it's pretty. It's larger than what you. Are would we talking expect. about like a brunette or like a brunette? Like but, a, yeah. a robust woman? Like a yeah, probably like, like like a medium sized woman would be like a six. Okay, that's which seems, isn't that seems large. Similar. Okay, yeah, but it's like yeah. I mean, that's apparently... Like, Oprah, I think, would be... Like, where, are we, where are we going? I don't know. Why are we still talking? <laughs> I don't know. Let's now move on. Now it's fascinating to me. <laughs> All right, so you don't make New Year's I don't make New Year's resolutions, no. But then again, I don't really make resolutions in general. Okay. So <laughs> I should work out. Things I don't. are going fine. <laughs> I'm happy with the way things are. So I guess, do you ever take time... So let's take it the other way. Do you ever take time to reflect on the way something's going in your life? Whether it's hobby-related or personal-related. Definitely. Okay, there you go. Now we're getting to something. Okay, so when that happens, it sounds like what you do is probably just tackle it. You Mm -hmm. just say, all right, I need to do this. I'm you're you're not fat. You're a super skinny guy for people who haven't seen yeah, the picture. Yeah. Like you're crazy skinny. I'm it's it's almost a complete opposite. I need to work out so that I don't look like I'm dying tomorrow. Right. Yeah, you're you're crazy. <laughs> um, so but if it was something like let's say you had a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Like you're like I'm an alcoholic. Like you would be like all right, I need to change that. So you would just I guess start going to AA meetings or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Probably. All right. Um, <laughs> when do you do these 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 Freudian reflection sessions that you like book because obviously not in January. I know. I guess they're just year round. Like the biggest one, most recently, was that hey, I need to get a job so I'm not broke and also not. It's not uh, really a reflection so much as a basic need, though. Yeah, but also because working as a commission painter was, I was getting by. Okay. But I want to be in a place where I can one day retire and actually yeah. enjoy my life. Yeah, um, that's not going to happen on a commission painter. No, right? unfortunately. Let me, t- let me not. tell you, like, so as that much was... as I like commission painting, it is not my long term plan for survival. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you got a job. So I got a job, and I'm now full time employed, and so it's good. All right. Um, well, I actually do like New Year's resolutions, and I think part of it for me is not. And maybe it just lined up this way, but as we went out of town for a couple of days, when I'm, you know, when I'm on, when I'm at home, I'm always working, and when I'm not at home, I have to sort of force myself to find. I'm a busybody, so I'm looking for stuff to do. So I write myself notes all the time, like this is something I should try, this is something I should try. They're never anything for me. They're never like lose weight. It's always something related to something businessy that I want to try. Um, so I actually took some time over the holiday when we were in the car because we were driving a lot. We drove up to Madison, Virginia, which is about five hours, five hours back. Then we drove up to Maryland on a separate trip. So we spent 20 hours in the car, 20, 25 hours over the course of two weeks. So I had time. I had time to think. I had time to (laughs) jot ideas down. Um, And and I've tried assembly in the car, and that's a nightmare. So now I've just sort of... (laughs) Sounds awful. I kept losing bits, and I'd be, like, reaching down. I'd be even so car sick. Yeah, it was just not a good idea. Um, and the glue fumes, my wife like got mm. sick. It was just, it was, a, it, it was miserable. Anyway, so, um, so I, I decided to take that time to just simply like write ideas down. Um, so I, I did have a lot of, um, uh, goals for the new year. Um, and Carlos, before he left, one of the things he kind of commented on is that he, he thinks that we should call it a litany of dedication instead of new year's resolutions because, a resolution sounds like you're doing something wrong. I think, like, I'll resolve to do this differently. Yeah. Whereas a litany of dedication, I think his basic idea was that, like, this is, like, I want to I want to dedicate some time to this. I want to try this. And I do like the idea of goals. That's fair. Yeah. It's more like I a like goal the than idea a resolution. Of goals for the new year. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I guess what we're going to do is I'm going to go over some of my goals for 2016. Some of them are lofty. 
Some of them I probably will fail on. Some of them I think I've already failed on. Um, but, but I think the point of a, of a goal is to kind of like just aim for that. It's a star in the distance. You're not going to get there. But at least it kind of keeps your boat in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, one of my goals, and maybe we'll, we'll flip back and forth, we'll kind of alternate a bit. But um, So one of my goals is going to be, uh, for 2016, is going to be an army a month. That was kind of a goal I set out for last year. And part of that idea, um, and, and this kind of reminds me that Independent Characters, it's another podcast, or they were, they're no longer active, but they, um, they had a hobby challenge every year, and normally it was an army of some sort. You, you build and pay an army over the course of the year. So um, one of my goals with the Army a Month Challenge was that I am severely in credit card debt, or have been, because as a commission painter, I don't make enough. I don't mm-hmm. make enough money. There's not enough hours in the day. I get by, but um, the only way I can really make ends meet is a combination of commission work and my web store. Um, so it's, it's hard. And when the web store is slow, my credit card bill accumulates, and that's kind of what's happened. So one of my goals this year was to basically do an Army a Month. And my thought process was, if I do an army a month, um, and I can, and my my idea was like, I haven't. This sounds awful, but I could probably do an army a month with what I've got in the garage. Like I have like a giant space wolf project I started and never finished. I have a Necron army I kind of put together and can set aside. So when people say like they have an army and they start and then they put it on their shelf, yeah, I have like four or five of those. So I've, <laughs> I've got enough. And my thought process was, all right, if I if I sell an army, even if I move it for like a grand, uh, I will I will be able to pay off my credit card by the end of the year without any trouble and have money to spare. But in order to get to that goal, I basically had to assign a personal day every month, and that's one of my second goals, which is a personal day. In the old year, or at least last year, I never take days for myself. I never take personal days unless it's like I'm just so ridiculously overwhelmed or I'm sick. And then I may take a day and just be like, you know what, I need to clear my head for a day. But normally if I'm home, I'm working. Mm. So one of my goals was I'll I'll take a personal day. And on the personal day, it's not that I'm not working. It's that I want to work on stuff that I want to work on, not client commissions. So uh, like I may work on, let's say, a product I want to develop. Let's say I want to paint up, um, I don't know, um, what's a new model that's out right now? Um, The dwarf stuff. stuff. Yeah. So I'll say like I want to do a dwarf uh, fire slayer unit. Well, I don't have a client for it right now, but maybe I want to add that to the web store. Maybe I want to put that up as a sample listing. So I, I hire myself out as my own client. I buy the box. I paint it myself. And then I, I put it up there on eBay and sell it. Um, but the problem is setting aside that time is hard because mm-hmm. all, I, all my clients have deadlines or, or I have deadlines with them. And so it's really a challenge. But that's one of my goals is to do an army every month and to do it working on Saturdays. So the question is, can I put out an army every four weeks? And I have no idea. Um, I, I don't know if it's possible. I'm not for sure. This would be the first. The problem is I'm already three weeks into the month, and I haven't even started. <laughs> because one of the weeks we were traveling, uh, and um, the next weekend, I don't remember what happened. I think we were traveling again. I think it's just bad timing. Um, so it hasn't happened yet. So I don't think January is going to work. But I am working on a Mad Max army, so that kind of counts in terms of an army. But it doesn't really work towards my goal of paying down the credit card debt. Um, so again, it's a goal that I want. To, I want to achieve this, and I think at the end of 2016, on the final podcast, we'll see. We'll see how these goals measure up. What was yeah. the, what was the reality of the goal? So, what's one of your goals for 2016? Well, or one of your I guess, I guess goals, right? Yeah, I mean, you talk about personal days and being able to work on your own stuff. I'd like to actually. I mean, 
actually do an army for myself. Okay. So I've never actually completely painted, built and painted a full army And you've got a myself. couple started, right? You've got like a Tau. I've got tons of armies. Yeah. I mean, I've got Space Marine, Dark Eldar, Eldar, Harlequin, Tau. I've, I've seen, got everything. You know, I've seen some of your Tau and I've seen your, your Ultramarines. They look really good. Yeah. And they look great for that single miniature that I never complete the squad and I've complete an army. So it's, that's just the way it is. And I like to actually finish something. Yeah. So I've It's done... funny when people say like, you know, they expect when I go to a game store that I'll have, like, a really nice army. And it's either always a client army or it's an unpainted army. <laughs> because I'm either always between a commission or I just don't have time. Yeah. And I like to make some more time for myself to do yeah. that, so. Do you think with this new job, well, it's not a new job, you've had it for a while now. Mm-hmm. But do you think now you're at a place where you'll be able to do that? Yeah, financially, like, I can definitely do that. But I want to continue on in painting commission stuff because I think it's important I enjoy doing it it's a nice little source of income on the side so and it nice gives me a chance, chance to, to... it forces you to try new stuff yeah because yeah. I know that I gravitate towards the same projects over and over again mm-hmm. like I always like for example I've never painted Bretonians because I have almost no interest in painting that army yep um, but if a client commissioned me to do it I would be forced to kind of because I'd, I'd want the money right um, <laughs> so it would kind of force me to like reevaluate how do I do metals how do I do this how do I do that how do I do tabards or what do they call those things um not tabards they're, they're fucking flags and stuff yeah there's a technical name for it it's called something when it's like a cross pattern that i forget uh, it's not chevron it doesn't matter anyway uh chevron chevron oh, yeah. call chevrons. okay so one of your goals is to set aside more personal time and to make mm-hmm. an army for yourself yeah which of those uh armies do you think you're going to do you have one in mind or are you just going to kind of mix and match I mean, the two that I'm be thinking about is I have an ultramarine army that I've started working on. I've built a lot of it and only painted one figure, um, <laughs> and I have a Tau army that I've started working on. Why do you think? Why do you think this is? Do you think because obviously we both are commission painters, mm-hmm. and we both have the same problem. So why? And we, and we have very different business backgrounds. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing: like you, as a commission painter, you're less than a year in. I'm five or six years in, but we have the exact same problem. Which tells me that it's not unique to me. It's like this is a common thing among painters. For me personally, I think it's I have too many things that I want to do, okay. and I try to accomplish them, and then I, I end up a little bit on each one. Yeah, and then I'm like, ah, I love it, but I actually want to try this now, and then I end up yeah. doing the same thing, like a different technique on the same model. Yeah, and so I never actually make any progress on a single army. Whereas a commission, they know what they want. You've already been hired to do what they want, yeah. so you're forced to do that entire army in that color scheme. You don't change it unless there's like a. I actually find it really issue. refreshing because when a commission, when someone commissions a, a figure, and they're like, "We had this one guy about a month ago with this 3D printed figure, and he had mm-hmm. every color that he wanted <laughs> specifically." Yeah. And in some ways, it was annoying because the paint pull was really time-consuming because I had to look through and find all the paints. But in other ways, it was like kind of easy because it was just painted by number. Like, I did it in an evening. I just sat there and was like, all right, well, this goes here, and this goes here. And, yeah. Because um, I, I find when I try to do my own color schemes, I'm always wishy-washy. Like, I never know what I want to do. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, I figure, like, for the town, for instance, I have the suit, uh, Storm Surge, pretty well thought out and designed and done. But for some reason, I can't seem to make a fire warrior work. That's funny. Yeah, like... Like, I want to do the same armor scheme, but then the clothing, I'm like, I can't figure out how to make it look yeah. natural and, like, good and balanced. So, and then I'm like, all right, maybe I just need to change the color scheme. And so, like, it's that constant 
battle itself. One idea I've had is for my personal stuff to, to just to be okay with a lower standard, to set a lower standard. Yeah. Because it's just simply like, look, I'm only doing this for me, and I'm doing it for fun. Um, so, like, I don't know, just to kind of, like, accept the fact that it doesn't have to be, like, a trophy. It yeah. can just be, like, fucking a participation ribbon. And that's okay for yeah. my personal shit. Um, all right, well, um, one of the other goals I have this year is I want to launch new services, of course. Like, I'm obviously always looking for ways to build up with a business. Um, so I've officially dubbed um, Tuesday, uh, Titan Tuesday slash Drain Tuesday. Um, and so my goal there is that I've always really liked building big, big, big models. Um, I started. I, I started building. I want. All right. So first off, uh, in the world of 40k and Warhammer, there's always big models that are not released in the game. In fact, for people who have come into the hobby just recently, the Warlord Titan from Forge World is only recently. It's only a new thing. It's yeah. only been out for less than a year. Um, but the Reaver was only about four or five years old, and before that. All of these big models, like the Warlord size models, they didn't build these. Like you had to build them from scratch yourself. So I've always been interested in building really big models, and I've, I've done Tyranid Titans. I've done um, I did a Marine Titan many many years ago, but when I did it, I was really kind of I kind of bit off more than I could chew, and I never really finished it. I really felt kind of mm. bad about it because I got it like seventy percent of the way done, and then I kind of crapped out. Um, and it was just it was a really good learning experience. I learned a lot from it. But ultimately, it was kind of like it felt unfulfilling because I can't really use the pictures as a portfolio building tool. It's kind of like, well, I kind of got it close to the goal line and then kind of said, eh, fuck it, it's done. Um, And I I just always was disappointed with that. So one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to spend, um, on Tuesdays, I'm going to spend about an hour every Tuesday working on a Titan model. Um, And my other deal was for the other hour to spend it on a terrain project. But the reality is, is that... An hour split between the two projects is actually not very useful now that I've had a couple of Tuesdays to try this. So what I think I'll do is that sometimes I'll do Titans and sometimes I'll do Terrain. But the goal with both of these is to build these as a service so that if people want a Titan and they don't want to spend $5,000, that there's a cheaper alternative. Mm-hmm. There is one company out in Greece that does this. Um, they do a Titan building service and they call it like, I don't know what they call it. It's not, I think it's called the Titan Manufactorum. Um, or I think that's what they used to call it before they probably got sued. Um, but they're out in Greece, and they actually build uh, titans from this um, from a, a laser-cutting machine out of foam. And it's really nice. It's really beautiful. And they actually do them for a fraction of what the Forge World models cost. But they're always kind of boxy. Um, and they're not individualized. And I, and I kind of wanted to try something different. So for the first titan, I'm starting with a Super Stompa. Uh, it's an orc titan. I like orc titans because they're a little easy. They're kind of cheaty. And <laughs> that you just have to kind of get the general shape right. And then you can kind of do whatever. They don't have to be clean lines or, or right. really well designed. So I decided to start in kind of easier. So um, Super Stompa will be about 18 inches tall. Um, and I'm hobbling him together from really whatever I've got around the workshop. I haven't had to buy anything new yet. Um, so I have a, a couple old toys from the, from the set from the 80s, like an old... He-Man toy, and I have an old <laughs> starship that, to be fair, is probably from, like, the 50s. I, I don't even know what game awesome. it's from. So I'm hobbling it together using Gorilla Glue and, and Phone Tack, and um, I've got this giant hammer. It's a Nerf hammer. It's, like, probably 12 inches long for this melee <laughs> weapon. Um, it's, like, from their zombie hunter range, and, like, it's absurd, but uh, I, I'm really, I'm just enjoying it. So it's kind of a personal project, but it's also kind of fun. And um, what's great is that there's enough client base out there that I know I can sell it when I'm done with it. I know I'm not going to have any trouble moving it. 
So I, I think that in a, in a couple months it'll be all done up. And my goal is to build it, put it up on eBay, and then hopefully find a buyer that wants to paint it to their way. And then in theory, that I would have them commission that. So if I put it up for, let's say, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, let's say five, six hundred bucks, put it up there and say for another five, six hundred, I'll paint it. Um, and then in theory, I have them commission it that way. Um, so we'll see. It might work out that way. It yeah. might not. I may just paint it up as a sample model and see where it goes. But uh, because there's no rules for it, it could be a hard sell. But I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be fine. Um, so that's one of my goals is to launch new services and to build product towards that. And the terrain service is the same way. I've built terrain in the past, but I've never really built enough of it because I don't have a client base for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take some time. I'm going to build sample product so that I can do that because some of the services out there do it. Blue Table does it. Frontline Gaming does it. Um, and they actually have a pretty decent market. And I was like, this is an area I'd like to expand into. So we'll see how it goes. Um, what about you? Do you have another goal? Um, well, uh, like I said earlier with the painting, uh, the arc, arc, or continuing with um, you know, doing commissions and stuff, I'd like to you know, get a few more high-level projects. I'd, I'd like to actually enter into some competitions this year. Like so Crystal Brush. Crystal Brush is the big one. I'd love to do that. I think that's in March this year. So it doesn't is it take me much time. Yeah, it's oh coming up pretty God. fast. Um, well, I, think I guess you could enter Arcaon. Yeah, yeah, that might be an option there. So I mean, you know, in but, theory, he'll be the closest to the best thing you can do. Yeah. And he's a massive project. And they have a big monster project. Yeah. Or a big monster competition. So it could be, that might be something I do, and I'd have to work that out with my client. But, um... Yeah, that'd be I something thought, cool. I thought briefly about Crystal Brush at one time, but I'm just not that guy. I am not mm-hmm. a commission. I'm not a. I'm not a competition painter. Like that requires a lot of time. It's yeah, and it's only like I mean I don't see how you would have time to do that to be yeah. honest. Now there is a cash prize for for that. It's about there I is. think the top prize is like ten. It's ten thousand. Yeah, but but I mean it, I mean realistically nothing personal. <laughs> you're not going to win that. Probably not. No, so, it's not because you're not a good painter. It's because the guys are so good. They're, I mean, these are like artists, professional artists by the definition of like, you know. One of the guys, I think think the guy that won it last year. (laughs) The Crimson Fist? Oh my God. That was a, every inch of that model was insane. It was a bigger, so it was a Space Marine, but it was, I think like maybe 175 scale or even bigger. It was huge, but it was incredibly detailed. It looked beautiful. Um, I'm not at that level. I'd like to be. And I think if I'm actually, if I start competing, I think that I could eventually get to that level. Yeah. Um, but it's going to take time. It's going to take. I think you have to kind of like, and every time you, every time I, I read how, you know, occasionally once in a while, someone will put out an article and they'll interview, usually it's on Bell, and they'll interview a painter and they'll ask him how he got started. And it usually starts almost like this. Like, I decided I wanted to do commission, uh, con, 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 bleh, con, Commission painting? Not commission. Competitive? Competitive. They decide they want to do competitive painting, and they're like, what's the best I can do? And so they do it, and then they usually lose, and then they they are in, in, inspired to try harder and to learn. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how they start. And I mean, you know, you're a good painter. I don't see any reason you couldn't compete at that level. Um, it, it's, it's obviously like, some of the times I see the stuff that goes into the competition, I'm like, that's not that bad. And what by that I mean, like, it's not that hard to get there. Like, yeah. I, I can look at those figures and I can see the steps that they achieved. And sometimes they put something up there and, like, I have no idea. Yeah. This is, <laughs> like, this mystifies me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you did that with a brush. Because um, they look so real. 
They're like yeah. insanely real. I actually just ordered a bust the other day. I've, I've decided I wanted to do a bust. I don't know why. Um, but there's these Russian guys that do like ripoffs, and so they'll like they do their own castings, which I don't care. It's fine. So I bought one on eBay for like thirty bucks, and it'll be here in probably I don't know twelve weeks. Um, and it's a Space Marine bust, and it's probably about I don't know, like oh, it's big, it's big, it's huge. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's like one ten scale, so it's it's very big. Um, so I'm, I'm, I figured like eh, I'll give it a try. I like the bigger figures because I can do more blends. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot more. It, it's a lot easier on the airbrush you're not trying to do all the small detail work but then again with those big flat areas like you know there's something to be said for that too like yeah I mean, you can't hide it's gonna look easy. boring yeah if you don't do something right you know. my easier crosshatch technique yeah <laughs> um well in addition to so you're gonna do so you're gonna try to enter competition mm-hmm. is that the only competition crystal brush you're gonna try for some other there's a couple there's nova Nova Open that's in August, I think, or usually fall. Yeah. So there's a few that I can enter into. Um, I just I keep telling myself every year I want to, and yeah. I never really do it. So one guy did this article last year on Bell where he actually it was called like Road to Crystal Brush, and he did this Kimry Wars not Wars Sphinx Chariot that was being drawn by a couple like Sphinx like creatures, and uh, it showed every step of the way how he did it and. When you actually look at it, it is very good. Don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. very good. But when you break it down into those steps, it became very approachable. It's like you could kind of see like, oh, that's how he did it. Like he he did this and then he did that. And I find that as I get better uh, as a painter, I can stare at something and I can deconstruct it more. Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be um, that I couldn't, I couldn't begin to think about how that happened. But now I can look at something and I can go, okay, I see how they did that. And then I can attempt to like I'm like I'm doing a, a Imperial Knight right now and I really like shadowing on, on bigger models and I was like I really want to play with it so so I'm working really hard to do highlights and shadows on this figure and so far I think it's looking pretty good I like it a lot um, but it takes that sort of desire to get there I think you have mm-hmm. to see a model like it and then sort of go how, how did they do this how do I get there and, um, for me personally that's how I do it yeah um, all right, well, um, let's see. What else we got going on? Um, so in addition to that, we're going to continue the, their web design on white metal. That's going to keep going. Uh, I'm going to try to – I'm going to do a business plan, not because I'm looking for investors, but only because of the fact that I, I kind of want to think about where I want the company to go. I'm meeting with an accountant next week. It's the first time I've, I've ever met with an accountant. And it's because now that the business is sort of big enough that I'm like, you know what, I, I wouldn't mind spending 100 or $200 a month just to have someone that kind of is there to kind of back me up financially. So I'm going to meet with an accountant, and uh, they really got me thinking about where I want the business to be five years from now, ten years from now. Do I want there to be a business five, ten years from now? I'm not for sure. Because um, as we've kind of joked, commission painting is not easy. Like it's, mm-hmm. it kind of, I kind of fell into it as a hobby at first, and then it became a way to make extra money, and now it's my only way to make money because I don't have a regular job. And so in some ways you feel a little trapped in it, but then you also feel very blessed when commissions come around that are like, holy shit, this guy's going to pay me two grand to build a Mad Max Orcs army. That's a fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I love that. It's a lot of fun. And I get paid to do that, and that's great. Um, but on the other side of that coin, I'm responsible for all my own taxes and all my own health care. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negatives that come with it. Um, anyway, so I'm going to continue to um, add different services this year. We're going to add a get a quote page. Um, we're going to, I'm going to add a business plan just for my own personal sake. Um, and I'm also going to get into display boards this year. That's going to be another part of the terrain service. Um, so I'm going to do two display boards for both of these Mad Max armies coming up. Uh, and then we're going to add a newsletter too. I started, 
I don't know if you are aware of this, but a lot of people have newsletters. But there's a site out there called Mailchimp where you can use it for for building a newsletter. And I started to build one, but I hadn't I hadn't finished it because I got overwhelmed with it and I was really busy at the time. And I looked back at the date that Mailchimp allows you to save your progress. So I, I signed on to the website for the first time in years. And I looked at the date of the document, and it was like 2013. So it had been two years since I had decided to try to do it. I had this idea two years ago, and then I basically got overwhelmed and said, fuck that, I'm not going to do that. Um, so anyway, bottom line is I want to add new services this year. In order to get there, I have to dedicate time to it. So the trick will be balancing my commission work with that, with personal work, and we'll see how that goes. Um, do you have any final um, goals for the year? Um, outside of the hobby, not really. What do you think is going to happen with, with brushwork this year? Because I know, like for example, for now, um, you're not taking any active commissions with me right now. You're doing, mm-hmm. you're working completely on Archeon. You've been on him for about mm, three, four weeks now. You've probably got at least another three, four weeks to go. Easily, yeah. Um, what do you think you're going to do after that? Do you think you're going to continue to look for new clients through brushwork and continue to diversify? Or do you think you're going to sort of come back and sort of mix and match with me? Or like, where do you, where do you see your company going this year? Well, like, What um, do you want for brushwork? I'd, the eventual goal, I would love to just do high-level projects. I mean, okay. that's what I like to do. Kind of like what, what Carlos wants doing. to do. He wants yeah. to do high-end work. Yeah, and all my favorite artists, the people that I follow the most, do a lot of just individual models mm-hmm. at a very high level. And that's yeah. that's sort of my interest. I have, I have the skill set, I think, to do it. Um, and I think the more practice and more commissions I get in it, the better I'll get. And um, Do you find that the, the higher your technique, the harder it is to go back and do shitty work? And by shitty work, that's, <laughs> a, that's an unfair you know, concept. I, I wouldn't see, like... A high, like a crystal brush painter, it's hard for me then to imagine them painting tabletop figures mm-hmm. because I, I kind of imagine in my mind because I have this problem where now when something gets it's harder and harder for me to continue to paint at a lower level. Like bronze yeah. work for me is really hard now because I have to stop early, I have to be like, that's enough. It can be at the same time, it can be kind of nice just to be able to just almost zone out, yeah. <laughs> Because a lot of the other projects that I've gotten that are like our silver level, they don't require a ton of focus and a ton of thought. Right. I can easily just put down colors and move on. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, we're thinking about like the Brotherhood of Ultramar. The amount of time I spent on that um, versus the amount of like what I'm actually getting paid per hour is that I'm probably actually going to be a much better hourly rate. Even though I did a lot more models. Mm-hmm. The time I'm spending on Archeon to make him look good, there's so much more pressure, I feel, yeah. to make him look at a higher standard. That... Well, and to be fair, and I don't want to name necessarily your price with this guy, but if, you know, we, we kind of talked about this. Like, in that scale, a figure at that level is going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So there's high pressure for yeah. this. I mean, when someone's spending upwards of half a thousand dollars, that's, I want a nice model. Yeah, like I you expect, expect I expect yeah. a really nice figure. Yeah, and I have no doubt you're going to deliver it. But you're right, there's pressure, and there's it's very easy to overlook detail yeah. and not realize the amount of time that went into it. Yeah, and that's that's the hardest thing I think with a high level commission. And you made a comment one day when you were working in the store, and this has completely sort of made me think about how this sort of stuff works. Is that you had a guy in the store? He was he was not a client. He was just a guy buying stuff, and you were trying to explain what a highlight was, and you were like, here. Look at this figure. This is a highlight, and you kept pointing, and the guy couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about like 
is that true? Can we, could that guy not see it because he didn't know what to look for? Could he, could his, could his eyes not articulate the difference between a highlight and not a highlight? And if that's the case, is that a waste of time? It's true. Is yeah. there is there a point at what your talent is wasted because right. it's not appreciated and you're not? Right. Yeah, and I think that's very that is very true. Because like you know, for example, that Crimson Fist model we've mentioned a bunch of times. <laughs> it's easy to look at that and see how good it is, mm-hmm. but it's much harder on a smaller figure to look and really appreciate how much. You know, when I look at a figure and I'm like, that looks real. That tell I have to sort of tell my brain, but it's not real. Yeah. They made it look real by blending the fuck out of that. Yeah. Until every color very gently moves to the next color in a very natural way. Mm-hmm. And I know from experience that's hard. Yeah. Like, it's stupid hard. So, but I don't know. Um, well, I, I wish you the best of luck. I, for me, high-level work is kind of like, it's not my, it's not my forte. Mm-hmm. It's not my place. I, I like I like moving on to the next thing. Uh, that being said, That's I don't true. always like churning out stuff. <laughs> Why do you say it that way? Why do you laugh at no, 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 no. I completely agree. Like, I, there's there's something to be said about being able to, like, do something in a reasonable amount of time and move on to something else and sure. get something fresh. Being on the same thing for weeks and months is it's a daunting task. It's easy to get discouraged and to start second guessing yourself. So, well, um, uh, before we move completely out of this segment, I also wanted to talk about some of what's coming up in 2016 for me uh, and you know for you as well. If you've got some stuff coming up, um, so um, here's some of the commissions we have on deck that you can kind of look forward to in the new year. Um, and what was funny was that like in December nothing came up, and then in January everyone started booking commissions and. Thank God for the paint queue because now I've got commissions booked up through April, at least, wow. which is huge. Yeah. So, I mean, that means at least, you know, <laughs> if you consider my income a month, I need about 2500 a month. Then that means I accounted for about ten grand between those four months, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, two of those are, um, we've already talked about, they're Mad Max-style armies. One is a Fury Road army, and one is kind of a compilation army. That one I didn't talk about in much detail, and I'll briefly overview here. That one is like seven or eight war buggies and they're all designed after a war buggy in the film and then on top of that it's a couple trucks which are also emulating trucks in the film it's another doof wagon it's uh another war rig um and the big difference with this commission was that this client had an extra thousand dollars to spend so with that extra thousand dollars, like his KV was, but I want it to look really close to the movie. So I had to research every single war buggy. I couldn't be like nine war buggies. I had to simply be like, here's war buggy one, and it's a Volkswagen GW or Volkswagen bug. All right, I need to find a Volkswagen bug. I need to find it in the right scale. Now I didn't think about how I'm going to convert that. So every single hmm. model needed a particular model to represent it. Um, and so I think the end product will be a, an army that looks like very much like a Mad Max movie, yeah. but with orcs. Um, so it kind of goes into what, what will a budget get you? And these are two clients with two vastly different budgets who wanted a similar project, and I'm, I'm very excited to sort of show them back-to-back. That's kind of cool, yeah. Because yeah. one of them will finish. Yeah, it'll be kind of neat. I'll be able to do blogs about it and stuff, and I'll be able to show, like, here's what's going on. Um, I've also got some scattered commissions coming in. I've got some Necrons coming in. I've got a Gorkonaut coming in. The Super Stomp, we've already talked about that. Um, one commission that could be really cool is there's a, a client who reached out to me about a Wren's World army, and this is a Crimson Fist style army. 
but kind of like in the style of tyrannic war veterans um, in this and I don't know much about Crimson Fist but to make a long story short Ren's world is apparently the Crimson Fist home world or, or Ren is their home world or some shit like that uh, but the bottom line is there was a period in one of the books I think the book's called Tyrannic Ren's world where they uh, there's some sort of catastrophe where one of their weapon armament facilities gets detonated or bombed or or a weapon goes off in error and because of that it destroys the entire payload and it's the, it's the equivalent of releasing several nuclear bombs damn <laughs> so all of the crimson fist with the exception of something like a very small number of warriors is destroyed uh and so they have to salvage from the wreckage they have to continue to fight off this orc horde and to do that the idea for the army is they have to salvage orc vehicles so it's a unique opportunity to kit bash space marines and orcs but the marines we're not kit bashing we're not making like weird baby hybrids but like you know the marine vehicles like their last cannons aren't functioning maybe so we have to like they have to you know borrow orc technology which is almost blasphemous yeah. to use on their vehicles in order to uh, to scavenge up enough working weapons to sort of fight back the horde which i loved this idea that's really i cool. love the notion yeah. of like power fists that are being used as power claws and you know, like using big choppers instead of thunder hammers. And I just like the idea. And it's a unique opportunity. And so we're kind of setting that up, hopefully, if the client, um, if, if, we, if we can work it out, then it's going to be in, in late spring. Um, so, what do you have any commissions coming up for yourself other than Arcane? Anything on deck? No, unfortunately, I don't. Well, Arcane's taken up so much time, I kind of haven't yeah. even opened up to other things. So, sure. to answer your question earlier, I mean, if if things work out, I mean, I'd love to continue to bounce back and forth and work with you too. Still, so um, yeah, I'm still open. To I, that. I think it's an, it's kind of important to note that like because uh, I had this kind of funny thing come up a few weeks ago that I don't want to really get into on this podcast because we're going to get into it on the next podcast when we interview um, these two other painters. But um, it, it it kind of made me think about do people have a, an easy enough time separating you from your hobby business? Because here's the thing. You paint your models. I paint my models. But then you paint some of my models too. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a gray area where it's sort of like, who's painting the model? And it's kind mm -hmm. of like, it's important for me to sort of make a note here that like, you know, we are two different painters. We have two different services. But sometimes I subcontract out Philip to help me paint stuff. So effectively, I, I lend him my clients and I take part of his percentage of, of the sale, um, which is, I think, a pretty good arrangement for everybody, yeah. uh, which actually reminds me, I am looking for another, I'm looking for a new Philip, um, not because <laughs> the old Philip, there's anything wrong with him, but because occasionally this thing happens where he gets um, busy with other client orders. And so I'd love to have like a, a third, a third wheel kind of painter where I, if Philip is busy, I can, I can kind of reach out. Um, I reached out to one person, but I think that that's not going to work out. I think that he does subcontract work for another painter, and I think he's gotten used to that method of work. Yeah. And I think that my way is too different, um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think that I need. I think that it would have to be a painter that is not set in their ways, maybe. Um, so if you are a painter and you're the only, my only rule is that you have to be local to Raleigh. I don't want to do this whole long distance painting thing again. It's a nightmare. So you have to be local to the Raleigh area. And while that technically extends to Durham, I don't recommend it because Durham is actually kind of far. <laughs> it's a nightmare. So too. ideally adjacent yeah. to Raleigh, Garner, Zebulon, Nightdale, Chapel, not Chapel Hill, uh, Cary would be okay. Stuff, yeah, Wake Forest maybe. Um, but ideally anyone in those, out, those areas would be fine. So if you're a painter and you're interested in maybe some subcontract work, 
uh, reach out to me at warcouncil at whatnogames.com. Um, all right, well, why don't we... Oh, I forgot to mention this. Last thing before we move on to our final segment of the night. Uh, the other thing is I've got a Kingdom Death commission. Yeah, yeah. I forget about that. I've been so, raving about that for a while now. You were talking so about your own. You got your commission on it. I'm I jealous. I didn't even want... Like, I wasn't <laughs> even looking for it. Um, so I'm not going to get into it much right now, but what I will say is that it's a massive commission and it's all gold level. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a huge project. So when you come back, that's probably what I'll probably put you on. <laughs> I, I would love it. I cool. love Kingdom Death. All right. Um, so why don't we do this? We're going to take a brief break and then we'll come back and do our five minute or, or one minute rant and outro. And we will be right back after this. Are you a tabletop quality painter in the Raleigh area with 10 hours or more a week to spare? Have you ever thought about becoming a commissioned painter before, but you weren't sure it was right for you? White Metal Games is looking for talented painters in the Raleigh area to join our studio team. You're paid by the job, not by the hour, so you can paint at your own pace. Send us pictures of your painted models to info at whitemetalgames.com, and we just might be interested in speaking with you. Put your minis where your mouth is. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, We are now going to jump into our one-minute rants. And I'm going to let uh, Philip kick it off this week. One minute rants are where we take a minute. Normally, we're pretty positive guys. I think we're mm-hmm. mostly positive people. Um, I honestly didn't have much to rant about this week. So I'm going to let Philip start it off. And this is just a segment of the show where we're allowed to bitch about something for a minute. Yes. No more. So my rant today, and this is uh, this is just my personal opinion, but I, the new dwarves for Age of Sigmar, Age of Sigmar, I feel are like blasphemy against wow, that's against dwarves in general. Uh, I realize that they designed these to be more like the berserk models, so they kind of are half naked almost, but they just look so dumb to me. Uh, I love the traditional dwarf, uh, heavy armor, kind of almost stocky. Stocky, yeah. yeah. These guys look like I don't, I don't even know how to describe them. They look like they look chunky and and like their flesh tones and stuff. Like their arms look chunky. Everything looks almost kind of disproportionate. They've got armor embedded into their flesh. Like they ride giant salamanders. I like, I like fire. that idea a little bit. I like the idea that there's like a metal tattoo thing going on. But... I like it if it didn't look so. It just doesn't look realistic. What about it, the it argument looks... that like the fire slayers or those guys uh, need more mobility, so that's why they're not. If they, I, I would appreciate that if the models didn't look so stagnant. I see. So, so if their like poses the, were more action. Yeah, like uh, the old Berserk model from like Fantasy Range, yeah. they have him jumping off a rock. His axe is coming down, like he's swinging figure. down. He looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, his pants, people, you know, make fun of because they're stripy pants. But regardless, like that aside, the model pose is fantastic. Sure. All these guys look just—they're standing with their legs spread apart and their two axes and or an axe in each hand. Just boring, in my opinion. It, it, for a very active figure, who if they don't have armor, you'd think that they would be more active. They don't yeah. seem very active. They do not, unfortunately. I see your point. And I feel like they could have done so much. Like, they had, with, with the new uh, Sigma, uh, whatever, the Stormcast Eternals, like, those guys are uh, so different. Yeah. Like, I felt like with the dwarves, they could have done something really unique. Yeah. And even keep them in their heavy armor, but still give them some more, like, pose and dynamic yeah. looks. They just, I feel like they fell short with these guys. And when, you, when you think of dwarves, like, I mean, I loved, um, so whether you loved or hated the Hobbit films, mm-hmm. I loved the way the dwarves were represented in the Hobbit films. Yeah. 
Um, I just love the look of them. I love the armor. I love the filigree because their craftsmanship is so different. Mm-hmm. Like everything and every every in all of those Middle Earth movies, the dwarves have just a really unique craftsmanship. Yeah. And um, not that I think that GW should ever rip that off, but they're dwarves in general. They're different enough. They're different. They're not mm-hmm. like Marines where every faction is the same but a different color. Like these guys are truly different. Yeah. Um, from any other armor, it's like artistic. Yeah. Their exactly. armor is artistic. Exactly. It it is it is their art because mm-hmm. um, it's they work with metal the same way a a, a clay a sculptor works with clay or a painter works with paint. Like it's it's their medium. Um, I feel like they try to get that idea by maybe putting the armor like embedded in the flesh, like yeah. the runes and stuff. But I just don't think they executed it very well. What about the dragon? I hate the dragon. Yeah, I heard. I know you yeah, I, when you That's you strong. actually mentioned it, you actually described it well. It's, it has a Chinese Asian feel. And to I didn't it. come up with that; someone else did. But I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, and I just don't think it fits the theme of the army. I think a fire dragon, fire drake, it could work really well. I just don't the, the, like the fluff. Feels right. Yeah, they're deep in the earth. Mm-hmm. There's some creature that's kind of more fire than lizard obsidian type right. thing. Like that feels but, right. And it may be honestly just the paint scheme they did. And I realize it's going way beyond a minute, but the paint scheme and like the white dwarf, they made it like this super bright, like gaudy red, and it just looks so tacky to me. So I I see your point. But yeah, that's my rant. The dwarves, I don't like them. I was very disappointed, unfortunately, but that was it. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I mean, I think maybe with the big gaudy reds, what they were going for was um, the fire, the berserkers. Mm -hmm. They have this big bright hair. Yeah. So I think maybe they were looking for something that tangibly matches that. I, I guess as the line extends, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Um, because I'm hoping that this is just unique to these kits and won't be for all the kits. I'm hoping the kits will look better. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, I've been sitting here trying to come up with a rant, and I really, I just, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good about life. So this time so I get to be like, what the hell, Caleb? Oh, I know. He didn't step up this week. <laughs> the tables have turned. The new year has begun. Oh, I the know. Jeez. Uh, the only thing I thought about ranting about briefly was Carlos because he quit. Yeah. He quit yeah, the podcast. Yeah. But he didn't really quit, Quitter. No. Uh, he, he really got a, a good job and he just needed to like support his family and his, his children and um, to live life to its fullest. So what the hell, Carlos? What the hell? And we were just um, getting used to him too. We, we were. were. We were really appreciating his weird them. ways and his his electronic cigarette that made yeah. the and, and all <laughs> that so stuff. Weird, so. um, can I can I kind of like um, uh, dip off for a second here? Just uh, well, well, I'll tell you what. We'll come back in just a second. We'll 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 do run last ad. We'll come back, run our outro, and then we'll be done. Okay, so we'll be right back after this. Let's be honest. You'd rather be playing than painting. Let White Metal Games take the hassle out of painting and assembling your miniatures. We have a team of dedicated professionals who will make sure your miniatures stand out on the tabletop. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. White Metal Games. Put your minis where your mouth is. All right, we are back, and we are back in our outro. We are out of here for the week. Um, I wanted to mention um, a friend of mine. uh, I don't know if I want to say a friend, but someone I know mentioned i know you don't listen to many podcasts mm-hmm. uh they got me on this new podcast called guys we fucked and uh it's these two comedians <laughs> i swear to god i'm not making this up it's these two comedians that um basically talk about guys they fucked and they bring 
guys on the show every week that they had sex with. And then they they asked them questions like, why did we break up? But not like that, but also like, how big was your dick? And like all this other stuff. And it's it's insane. Like, I remember when they told me about this, I was like, this cannot be a real podcast. There's no way. It is absolutely real. And they have like 111 episodes. Wow. And they alternate between the two of them. And even though I've only listened to three or four of these, um, I'm not, let me do the math here. That means at the very least they've each slept with 55 guys so far. I thought I was pretty, maybe it's an age thing. Like when I was growing up, like I, I think I had sex with about 10 or 11 girls over the course of my life. Uh, and I felt like that was high. 50 or 60? That's like, yeah, Jesus Christ. That's um, and the girls are funny. They clearly have some issues. Like one of them is seeing a therapist. <laughs> and yeah. she, she talks about it a lot. Uh, so I think that, but it's, it's, I don't know. I guess, I guess my point is that I really liked how this pod, their podcast kind of re it, it, podcasting is kind of different than TV. You can really stretch the limits. So I guess that's my point is that I would love to stretch the limits in 2016. Like, I mean, I want to see where this can go. Like, not that I want to talk about girls who I fucked yeah. or anything like that, but just yeah, as a hobby podcast, what, I, what I'm really getting at is what do you guys want to hear about? What do you want us to yeah. talk about? So reach out to us at warcouncil at whitemonogames.com. Let us know what you're interested in. Let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover. We've got a lot of cool ideas for the year. We're going to have rotating hobby guests. If you are a hobbyist of some sort and you'd like to be interviewed for the show, um, email us and let us know what you think you'd like to talk about. And if it's something we think viewers will be interested in, we'll be happy to talk to you. Definitely. Specifically if you're a commission painter. Um, I think this is we're going to focus on commission painters this year. Um, so for War Council, my name is Caleb Dillon. I'm Phil Corman. And uh, we will catch you, I guess, in a couple weeks for our next episode. And uh, until then, put your minis where your mouth is. Mm-hmm.